0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Earlier this week, both the federal health minister and the prime minister offered their assistance to the provinces to distribute vaccines. In other words, you're not doing the job you should be doing, but we are. But no, you're not, because we don't have enough vaccines in this country. That's the reality. We don't. And that ultimately is what's going to help a great deal in getting this situation under better control. Because as we just found out, and as we've been talking about, over the last number of months, year, plus, plus, particularly the last few weeks, these variants, these COVID variants, are becoming quite the, uh, quite the challenge. And as one of our guests pointed out yesterday, a research scientist from the University of British Columbia, said that they, they're in competition with each other. The toughest, the strongest, the bully virus will be the or variant of the virus, will be the one that survives, and, and that's the one that's going to cause us the most difficulty. Dr. Anne Collins knows a lot more about this than I do, so I don't know why I'm babbling along here. She's the president of the Canadian Medical Association. Would you just give me your sense, please? Uh, you're a family physician. You're also the president of the Canadian Medical Association. So you have your finger on the pulse of medicine delivery, healthcare delivery in this country. Where are we? What, what's what's going on with these variants with the original COVID? What do people generally need to understand about where we are now?
1: Well, as I have been telling my family, Roy, this the COVIDs have changed this game. Dramatically, it's it's a whole different level of play, um, and for your listeners to to understand that that we're talking about primarily two variants now in Canada. Um, one originated in the UK, and then the other that originated in Brazil. There are others. And, and what's important to know is that they are so much easier uh, to to contract or to they spread more easily. They spread more quickly with less contact, and so um, that's really changed the whole nature. We're seeing uh, younger people getting very sick very quickly, uh, even uh, unfortunately in ICUs and and with deaths.
0: Right, so that's across the country, right?
1: Across the country, that's right. I don't think it's, uh, I am I live in Atlantic Canada, and, and so we are not, um, we're not free of that. We certainly are not in the same situation that some of the hot spots, certainly in Quebec, Ontario, and further west are experiencing, but no one is immune to this.
0: No, Dr. Collins, how has healthcare delivery actually changed in this country over the last months and now these particular weeks because we just found out a couple of days ago or that the, the order was given if you will or a strong suggestion was given that um ramping down elective procedures must take place including surgeries in order for COVID to get their COVID pa- patients to get the attention they require how much more difficult is it for medicine to be delivered in this country today
1: Well, that's put us right back to where we were a year ago and and we know that what resulted from the first wave of the the pandemic was um, the creation of what we now call backlog um, in significant procedures and and we're hearing now even more so with cancer surgeries um, being delayed and delayed yet again. So this recent order um, will only compound that further. And I think it's important too to recognize that there was no, there was a bit of a catch-up from, phase from the first wave of the pandemic, but certainly not to the point that we were prior to the pandemic, which wasn't great to begin with. So it's it's made it a challenge. Um, access to care remains a challenge. Uh, you know, we have five million Canadians without primary care. That's right. So. Uh, you know, for them to access even if they have health problems, it, there's delays in diagnosis, which compounds um, the issues further down the road. Um, there's a lot going on right now that will need a lot of attention. COVID is front and centre right now. It, it has to be. But there's going to be a lot of attention required to uh, access to care Um Catching up on the surgical procedures, what's going to need to have to happen there um, as we move through and and out of this pandemic?
0: Yeah, uh, the question is, the question becomes, and I'm sure you've addressed this, and you are addressing it within the ranks of the CMA. The question becomes, how do you catch up? How do you how do you catch up for all of these surgeries and all of these procedures? that have been postponed in the situation. The the health of these individuals, these Canadians, these people who have uh, have health problems, may become more dire as they wait. So how do you catch up?
1: Well, that's going to need certainly a multi-pronged approach. Uh, We know from a study that we did earlier that it would cost at least $1.3 billion to address the backlog from the first wave, and the federal government has introduced with Bill C-25 A demonstration of of, of wanting to transfer funds to the provinces to help with that. Clearly, that was the first wave. We're now into the third. It's going to take a lot more than that. But it's also, we have to address the human resource side of this issue. Uh, Yes, perhaps ORs should be operating uh, beyond the typical schedules, but you need to have uh, you need to have the nurses, the anesthesiologists, you need to have the whole team there to do that. right. There's going to have to be some triaging uh, in terms of setting priorities around um, what surgeries need to be done as we do catch up. BC has done some of this um, well. Uh, it took a commitment of, of money and human resources to do that. So again, it it speaks to the need for cooperation, collaboration, innovation, um, for this to be done effectively.
0: Dr. Collins, what are you hearing from uh, your members, from doctors across the country, from all disciplines, all medical disciplines? How fatigued are they? How are they dealing with this?
1: I can tell you, Roy, that if you start in the ICUs, and particularly in the ICUs today, in places like Toronto, uh, Vancouver, um, people are, I think, distraught, maybe uh, professionally distraught. Let's put it that way. They're doing their jobs. They're doing their very best. But they're seeing incredible numbers. And with younger people as well, um, they feel that uh, enough maybe hasn't been done quickly enough or long enough to get control of this virus. And it goes right out to physicians in the community um, who are concerned Not just about COVID, but for their patients who have experienced delays in diagnosis, experience accessing treatments. They're tired. Everyone is, all Canadians. But they're tired and they've been operating at high stress levels. For a long time and that's a concern to us about of what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, of course, because we're not talking about uh, just numbers here, we're talking about human beings who are patients that the doctors become uh, personally engaged with because they're, they're treating them. When you say that uh, you have concerns that some things weren't done that should have been done, could have been done, what are they?
1: Well, we've seen some flip-flopping in terms of um, lockdowns, in, uh, public health measures being imposed, and then lifted, um, and and where it, where we heard doctors who are working in these areas saying, look, it's, it's too early to be doing this. The numbers are still climbing. So our call is to impose whatever needs to be done with uh, stringent public health guidelines and sustain them, sustain them until there is assurance that there is control and containment of the virus before there's any thought of lifting those Uh, restrictions. And vaccine rollout is critical here, needs to be fully accelerated, targeted, get it to those vulnerable communities, get it to essential workers and use whoever can be used to administer the vaccine. Family doctors, it's wonderful to see the pop-up clinics that are happening, um, but that needs to be um, scaled up uh, even more to protect more Canadians. Absolutely.
0: Uh, can you give me just a twenty-second assessment your own of the wait of sixteen weeks between the first and the second vaccine? What do you think of that?
1: I, I think that first of all, I go right back to, um, you know, public health uh, scientists, epidemiologists, clinicians have looked at these numbers, and and I they feel it's critical to get a dose into as many arms as possible um as quickly as possible and and i think that as canadians uh that is important and and i would just say uh to all canadians when you're when you're offered when you can access no matter what the vaccine is please get us
0: if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites